quiz time. Yay! Hey, um, if you guys want to keep your Bible open there, that'd be awesome. Um, I don't know if you realize you're rocking up to hear about God and suffering or not, but I recognize that that's not a super light-hearted topic for a Saturday. Um, but I really hope that as we think about this together, that it's going to be helpful for you. Um, one of the bits of research that I've looked at to do with um, young people and church and what they believe church is that it, it shows that it's actually one of the biggest how's that good okay um like that sweet rookie um yes that's one of the biggest reasons that people walk away from their faith and so i'm hoping in this first talk that we're going to be able to think how do we how do we consider different worldviews and the different religions when it comes to the topic of suffering. So I think it's really important when we're faced with reasons that might cause us to doubt our faith to actually know, well, how does this stack up against all the other options out there? So we're going to think about some other religions and some other worldviews like atheism, and then we're going to come back to that story in the second half of this talk and think about what is the Christian view of the world actually say about the source of suffering. So that's the first talk, and then the second talk later, the Savo, is going to be uh, a bit more personal and pastoral, and actually think about what does that mean for us as people that love and follow Jesus. And so that's sort of how the two talks are broken up. Um, I hope that's helpful for you guys to know. And I also just want to acknowledge that for some people here, you might have, um, I guess, things in your life where you're really struggling at the moment, and ways that you're suffering. And so I just want to acknowledge that as we start and recognize that that might be difficult for you. Um, and I want to encourage you guys in your discussion groups as well today to just be, just be sensitive of other people that might be going through things as well, because that, that can be really hard. And try and have those times in discussion to actually just be there for one another and hear how each other are going. So that's just a couple of things that I wanted to tell you about before we start. Uh, I'm going to pray real quick now, and then I'm going to try and raise this, because for once I'm too tall for a stand. Um, that one. Wow. Last time Josh asked me to speak. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's, uh, let's pray together and then we'll start. Uh, Father, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be together today in person. Uh, we just recognize that that's uh, a show of your grace that we're able to be in the flesh today. And um, so we thank you for that. And we also um, just come before you and recognize that for each of us, there's different things going on in each of our lives. There's things that are difficult um, or questions that we have when it comes to this topic of suffering. And so we just ask that your word might shed light on that today, that we would leave here um, not doubting you more, but instead trusting that you do love us, even though suffering is real and it exists in this world and in each of our lives. So we pray for your help with that and ask that in all of this we might love Jesus more and we might want to live for him more as well because of the things that we hear and the things that we learn today. We pray this in his name. Amen. In 2013, I remember walking into my first ever primary school scripture class and I was super daunted 
I didn't really know what to expect from that experience. I'd never been in a classroom teaching anyone anything ever before. My only experience being in a classroom was in high school, and I think that the main thing I did when I was in high school was actually distract everyone else from learning anything. And so I didn't really know what this was meant to look like, and I was teaching with one of my best friends, Daniel, and we were like, okay, to start with, we want to do something that kind of gets people thinking about God and their opinion of Him. And so we're like, I know, we'll ask everyone, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? If you could ask God one question, what would it be? And so I want you guys to turn to the person next to you now and have a crack at answering that question. If you could ask God one thing, what would it be? Go. I'll give you 30 seconds. All righty. Let's, um, let's bring it back in. So I reckon there was all sorts of things that you guys asked, but let me give you a few of the ones that this year five class that I had suggested. The first one was, why won't you make my parents buy me a puppy dog? So, okay, how about we have some different questions to that? And so the next one was, why didn't I get a PlayStation for Christmas? So, okay, what about you over here? And they were like, will you help me win my soccer game on the weekend? And I was like, okay, like, guys, here's the point. We want to ask things that no one else could answer for you that are really important that only... God can give you a good answer to. And so there was this one boy in the class who put his hand up kind of hesitantly. And I was like, okay, you seem like you've got a a good and genuine question. And so I looked at him and I asked him to give uh, what question he would ask. And he said this. He said, why did you let my little sister die? And at that point, you could just hear a pin drop. Everyone in the class went completely silent and he started crying and walked out. And I think what I realized in that moment is that suffering has this way of putting everything else in life into this almost like haunting, honest perspective. Sort of levels everything else out and makes us think about life in a different way whether it's long-term mental health struggles, whether it's chronic illness, the death of a young person, coronavirus, the injustice and oppression of people based on their race or their gender or their class. Uh, I think we've all just got like this inbuilt sense that that isn't how things are meant to be and it sometimes cuts us up inside. You know, how can God be loving when he allows that kind of suffering? And I reckon in life, this is probably the question that takes the cake as the biggest of them all. Down at my church in St. Face, we've just uh, done a survey of our local community and asked them to send in the biggest questions that they have about life and faith and God. We asked them that exact question that I asked my scripture class and I just asked you guys, which was, if you could ask God one thing, what would it be? And a quarter of the questions that came in were to do with suffering more than any other topic. There there was ones down the end of the spectrum of kind of the philosophical ones, like why does God allow suffering? All the way through more personal ones, like why do you keep testing my faith by taking away my nephew? I think for all of us, we're all forced to ask 
this question about suffering at some point in our lives. Uh, I wonder what questions you have about the topic of God and suffering. I actually want to get you now, just for the next 30 seconds, rather than talking to the person next to you, to actually get your booklet out, grab a pen, and, and write down what questions you have about God and suffering. So I want you to try and do this without talking to anyone else around you. And when you've got your booklet out, it'd be awesome if you keep that with you as well so that you can take some notes throughout today. So I'm getting you guys to write down, what questions do you have when it comes to God and suffering? All right, hopefully everyone's got at least one that they've written down. We're going to keep going now. And we'll hopefully have a chance to kick those around a little bit in your discussion groups later on as well. Now, I reckon here today, there's probably some of you that have difficult things going on and where you're actually questioning God on this topic. And I want to say, that's okay. You're in the right spot to have that conversation today. Maybe there's some of you where suffering is a little bit more of an intellectual problem, where you look at the world and you can't see why God allows certain things to happen. I want to say to you as well, hopefully today you find some good answers to some of those questions, but also some hope that you can cling to in Jesus. But maybe you've never thought about that before. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to listen well today, because I reckon for every person here, all you need to do is live for long enough, and there'll actually be suffering and hardship that comes your way. And so it might not be something that you're wrestling with right now, but at some point in your life, these things that you hear about today are going to be really important. And so wherever you're at, I want to encourage you to, to take some notes, to listen well, uh, and hopefully we'll learn together today. Now, I'm the first to admit that I don't hold every answer to this question and this topic of God and suffering. And so my hope isn't to answer every possible question, because I don't have enough time to even have a crack at that, but rather to try and give an honest account of what I've learned from God's Word and from experiences in our world, of living from a place of uh, dealing with my grief, of trying to challenge some of the simple answers that uh, I'd been told growing up, and then finally trying to find some hope in Jesus. And so to do that in this first talk, I want us to think about three things. The first one is, I want to get us to actually look at the different options want us to look at the different options. The second one is this question of, is God the source of suffering for this first talk? We're going to see two things, yes and no. And so I'll explain that as we go. So the first thing, hopefully you got this in your books as well, is it says, show me the options. Can everyone see that in their books? Sweet. Okay. So to start with, I think we need to ask the question, what are my options to deal with suffering? Because the reality is every religion or every worldview, needs to have a way of dealing with the problem of suffering. No matter what God or lack of God you believe in or anyone else in this world, you have to account for suffering somehow. There has to be a reason for it somehow. Maybe you doubt that God could possibly allow suffering and be loving or be good. It's a big reason that people walk away from Christianity, like I mentioned before. So maybe there's another option out there to deal with it. And that's what I want us to look at first here. 
And the first place that I looked at outside of Christianity was atheism. Now, atheism is the belief that there's no God and that the universe and the world is all that there is. And so suffering really is just random and bad luck. And for a little while, I found this appealing because it kind of meant that at least there wasn't a higher power or some kind of system that had actually brought this suffering upon me. There's a guy called Richard Dawkins, and he's, he's one of the main um, people that's actually pushed this view of atheism over the last 50 years. And I just want to read something to you that he said. It's going to come up on the screen here as well. He says, in a universe of electrons and selfish genes, hopefully things that you've heard about in science, blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt. Other people are going to get lucky. And you won't find any rhyme or reason in it, nor any justice. The universe that we observe has precisely the properties that we should expect if there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good. Nothing but pitiless indifference. DNA neither knows nor cares. DNA just is. And we dance to its music. Here's what he's saying. Suffering has no cause. It has no purpose. It just is to get on with it. Here's the problem with that. Removing God from the equation of suffering, it actually doesn't remove the problem of suffering. Instead, it just kind of leaves suffering over here untouched, and unsolved and without a solution. It doesn't even really address the problem at all. In my role as a pastor, I often have to go along to funerals. And I was at a funeral recently with uh, a friend of mine who is an atheist. And afterwards, he came up to me and he said, at least they're in a better place now. And I sort of looked up at him and he knew exactly what I was thinking. He was like, well, I can't help but want to believe that. The way that I view the world offers me no hope. For atheism, there's, there's no solution. And so while to some it might explain how the world is, it doesn't offer any comfort, any hope, or any solution for the big question of suffering. What about the other major world religions, though? Do they do any better at trying to deal with this topic of suffering? Well, to start with, I want to look at Buddhism really quickly. Um, there's going to be something coming up on the screen as well for this, which hopefully you can jot down as a real quick summary of what Buddhism believes. Buddhism is something that's increasingly popular even here in Australia, and it emphasizes that the problem of suffering lies in us having too much of an attachment to other things or other people. So the problem is that we care too much about other people or other things. Because in reality, all those things are actually just an illusion. And so the Buddhist worldview kind of denies the reality of our suffering. It's not really there, so we need to just become less attached to those things. 
also doesn't really deal with the problem of suffering that well, does it? What about Hinduism? Well, Hinduism is the belief in karma and reincarnation. And so it says that suffering is a result of what you did in a previous life. And so it makes sense that in this life, you're just kind of reaping the consequences of what you've done in a previous life that you once lived. And so unjust suffering cannot exist. It's happening because of what you've done before. The fourth and final one that I just want to quickly mention is Islam. And in Islam, all events are determined and controlled by the will of Allah. So events that cause suffering are the direct result of Allah intentionally creating those things and provides an opportunity for his followers to submit to his will during that suffering. So he's intended for that to happen. So I'm just going to pause there and let you write those things down. I know that a lot of that is probably a lot of new information. Um, so I'll give you a second to jot that down and then say a couple more things about them. All right, hopefully you got those things jotted down. Here's the reason I'm telling you this. You might think, I thought I was coming to a Christian thing today, talking about all these other religions. What's that got to do with anything? Here's what I'm telling you. It's really clear as we look at these other ways of thinking about the world that none of those deal with the problem of suffering in an adequate way. They either fail to recognize the injustices in our world or they just simply don't really see your pain and my pain as valid. And so I want to have respect these other religions and, seeing the, and the ways of seeing the world. I know people that hold to all of these views, and I love and respect them. But when it comes to suffering, none of these do a good job of actually reconciling that. None of these provide a way through suffering. They instead just push it to the side, and, and they don't really work. And it's important for us when we actually face suffering to be sure of what we believe and to recognize the different ways that we could actually go about dealing with that and see how they don't stack up. For me personally, it was after looking at all of these different options that I actually came back to thinking about Christianity because nowhere else offered a reasonable solution. And so I asked myself afresh the question, what does the God of the Bible actually have to say on the topic of suffering? What does he say about why suffering exists? If nowhere else offers a good explanation, what does God say? And so I asked the question that you've got in your booklet there. It is God the source of suffering in our world? Is God the reason that suffering exists? And I landed on this answer. Yes and no. Now, I know that sounds like a cop-out, but it's true. And so I want to explain how that actually works by going back to the story that we had read out before at the beginning of the Bible. I think it's a really important one for us to understand because, again, when we face suffering in our lives, we know why it's actually present in our world as we read this story. And so to see the side of the answer that says yes, we're going to have a look at 
just before what we actually read before in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. So if you've got your Bibles there, we're going to look at Genesis 2, 15 and 16 together. Here's what it says. The Lord God took the man and put, in, uh, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. So he gives him a choice. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden. There's a little blank space in your booklet. And it said, God gave us the gift of, and then there's a blank. And I want you to write there, free will. God actually gives us the opportunity and the ability, the gift to choose. The gift of free will. But there was a potential consequence. And that comes in the next verse, in verse 17. It says, but you must not eat from any tree in the garden. So I've just read part of the verse before. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. It says you've got a choice, but if you eat from this one, things are going to go badly. And you'll certainly die. What, what God's saying is misusing the freedom that God has given them would have an irreversible consequence. Something that can't be undone. And if they choose to eat from that tree, death would enter the world and with it all kinds of suffering. And so that means, the second blank there, that God created a world with the possibility of suffering. So as God creates the world, he recognizes and warns Adam that there is a possibility of suffering. The possibility of suffering. And so in that sense, yes, God allowed for there to be that possibility. Without God making it a possibility, suffering wouldn't exist. And so at that point, I often hear people push back on the Christian view, saying, you know, if God was good and loving, couldn't he have just removed that possibility altogether? God could have done that. God could have made a world where we simply automatically followed our inbuilt programs and had no real sense of choice. But I reckon if that was the case, the world wouldn't actually contain you and me in the way that we currently exist. In fact, I reckon people that wish for a world like that are kind of wishing themselves out of existence. And the reason is that one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is this gift here of free will. We can say yes or no to God and to morality. And that means that God actually allows us to open ourselves up to some really wonderful things that we wouldn't have the opportunity to experience if we didn't have free will. Things like love, things like trust and relationships with each other, and also a true and real relationship with God. Those things wouldn't be possible if God didn't give us this gift of free will. He's given us a choice to genuinely engage in that way. 
But that same wonderful and good gift has also made us made it possible for suffering and evil to enter the world. It's like when my parents gave me a skateboard for Christmas when I was eight years old. That's a really great gift, isn't it? You know, one of the first things I did was when I started riding it, my brother tried to hop on, I picked it up, and I hit him in the head with it. Now, that's not my parents' fault, is it? That's my fault for being dumb. Or, or when we take the good gift of food and we eat too much of it and make ourselves feel unwell. Or the wonderful gift of a loving friendship that we sometimes can wreck when we gossip about that person behind their back. You see, I reckon our world is full of all sorts of great gifts that always have the possibility to be misused. But it doesn't mean that they're not worth giving or receiving in the first place. The responsibility for misusing gifts doesn't lie with the giver of the gift. Instead, it lies with the person who misuses it. And in the case of free will, that's us. And so this is the last thing now that I want us to see before we wrap up. And it's that the answer is both yes and no when it comes to is God the source of suffering in this world. Because while God allowed there to be this possibility... It's us that chose it. You all know the story before it was just read out before. Who chose to eat the fruit? What do you guys reckon? Who chose to eat it? Adam and Eve. God didn't make them do that. They chose that. And after they eat it, and God finds them, they hide because they realize that they're naked. They realize what they've done they realize that the responsibility lies on them. And so at that point, God says this. Have a look at me at verse 14 of chapter 3. So, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this. That, that emphasis there is on it's the serpent. He has done this. And so, listen to the consequences. Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you'll eat dust all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So there's consequences for the serpent and that flows out into the rest of creation. To the woman, he said, I'll make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And so again, that choice, the consequences, still stretch into today, into all of humanity. And then to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife, again, because you listened, and because you ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. He says, well, cursed is the ground because of you. So even creation itself is impacted by this choice initially. It impacts everything. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Sin, death, and suffering. They all enter the world because of this choice. 
And the reality is this. The responsibility lies on us as well. And so that final blank that you've got there in your booklet is us. The the responsibility lies on us. And we don't have time to go into this fully, but we've all actually participated in this story. It actually speaks of the way that all of us have lived. You see, the story of the Bible is one where God gave us his good gift of free will, and we chose to live in sin. And now our world, and you and I, we're impacted by all of the effects that have come from it. The reality of suffering and uh, natural disasters, evil and death. And we see in the scriptures that God is never the author of that. And while it's possible in the world that he made, it was never his intention for the world that he made. We see that God is in control, yet he gave us a choice. And it's for that reason that God and his sovereignty and his power has allowed the possibility of suffering so that we might have a free choice here. And while this doesn't explain away the difficulty of suffering, it does explain why it exists. And also why we all long for something better. Because we recognize that this isn't how things are meant to be. Whether that's my atheist friend at the funeral, you and I as a Christian, or anyone else in our world. It also explains why we want good to be done, why we want pain to be removed, and why we want an end to our suffering, and to your suffering, and to my suffering. You see, Christianity, I've come to realize, is the only worldview, the only way of seeing our world that offers a clear reason for why suffering exists and then also has its God actively step in to provide a solution. And it's by actually going through suffering himself. And that's what we're going to look at this afternoon is a God who actually steps in and suffers on our behalf to provide an end to suffering. That the Christian God recognizes the existence of suffering because of our misuse of the freedom he's given us, but then makes it right by suffering himself. And I reckon that's pretty amazing. So I'm going to leave it there and pray to close, uh, and then we'll pick it up again this afternoon and think about what Jesus has to say. So let's pray. Father, thanks so much for your word that we've been able to look at now. I pray that you would help us to uh, have good and honest conversation about the things that we've heard in our discussion groups and that it might lead to us uh, trusting you more uh, and seeing your purposes in this world more clearly. Amen.